across the sea of character sheets, deep in the forest of D20s lies the mountain of source books. Welcome to the Mountain of Source Books. We hope you enjoyed your climb. My name is Jeffrey Vincent Dale, and joining me for the first time in a while, it's Each. Hey. Cancer's kicking my butt. Very glad you're feeling well enough to be on the show, though. Same. Same. Hasn't I'm been just... the same without you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, uh, just a little update for our listeners. Um, if you follow us on any of our social media platforms, I've informed everyone that I do have cancer. Um, it is a very common form of breast cancer, so I have no doubts that I'll be able to fight through it. But um, the fight is really, really kicking my butt. And uh, yeah, so I I will be... In in the videos or in the recordings once in a while uh, when I feel up to it. But yeah, that's we're going to the plan right now is to make whatever content is physically possible for all of us to make and kind of hope for the best. Yes, but we we've we've had this uh, this episode idea on the docket for a very long time, yes. uh, ever since the movie was announced. Yes. Uh, which brings us me to talking about what we're actually doing. Uh, we're talking about Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. We were considering doing it a little earlier, cl closer to the movie's release, but unfortunately that's right around the time that we found out about cancer. Yeah. Cancer, zero stars. This movie, however, five stars. Fantastic movie. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll go through it uh, step by step, just like we did uh, with the previous D and D movie, which was much worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll just dive right in. Uh, so the movie this time takes place in the Forgotten Realms. It takes place in Faerun, which I was very glad about because, like, why it's a use real the franchise? D &D if, place? <laughs> yeah, why why use the franchise if you're just not going to use anything from it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so our movie starts off in Icewind Dale in a prison called, I believe it's called Revel's End. But yeah, so it starts off in prison with our heroes, Edgen and Holga, serving time because they got caught during a heist. Uh, they were trying to steal a tablet of resurrection. No, tablet of awakening, they called it. Uh, but it's, it's a magic resurrection tablet that can bring back the dead. Yes, and uh, our one of our first scenes is, you know, you've got the dungeon and our main characters. They are in front of the council, uh, and the council is deciding whether they're going to get early release or not. Uh, the the male main character tells this heartwarming story, and one of the council members walks in. And they decide to grab him and jump out the window because he has wings. Yes. To yeah. escape. He keeps asking throughout his story, keeps interrupting it and delaying it. Hey, where's Jarnathan? Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, <laughs> that sounds like such a made up name that a DM would come up with last second. Oh, uh, he, uh, his name is John Jarnathan. Jarnathan, yes. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the one thing I really did love about this movie was it it played out like a D&D game. There was fighting, there was action, but there was also a lot of where where is this coming from? The, the DM got got taken off track. Okay, now we're back on track. All right, we're, <laughs> <Yes>. we're good. <laughs> yes. So Jonathan and Arakokura, who has wings, uh, yes. ends up breaking their fall after they jump out a window, holding him. Oh, but see, the best part of it was the heartwarming story convinced the other council members to approve their early release. Yeah, so they but didn't even need to do that. They didn't even need to do that. So as as they were jumping out the window, they were like, but we approved your early release. <laughs> great, great start. Great start. Um, My first impression, just watching that scene and watching the beginning of the scene, if you listen to our prior review of the, when was that, 2000? The 2000 movie? Yes. Yeah, the 2000 movie. My first impression of this one, no blue lips, so that's a good sign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, significantly better budget than the first Dungeons & Dragons movie reviewed, and much better acting, so so we're off to a great start. Yes, yes. Uh, and much better uh, instincts for how to drop narr- uh, how to drop explanations into things. Yes. Um, it's lo- way less clunky. Yes. I enjoyed the uh, storytelling parts where characters were just, you know, telling a story to get to the background information. Uh, you know, you open a book and you tell a story based on the picture. You know, it, it had transitions that actually made sense. So that was nice. Yeah. Uh... And yeah, I forgot to mention that during their uh, backstory flashback, they they explained that Edgin, his wife, was killed by Red Wizards. Yes. Uh, And then that was what led to uh, Edgin giving up his job as a harper. Then he became a drunk and Holga saw him with the baby and was like, this baby needs somebody to take care of it. Yeah. That's how they became friends and they decided to become thieves. Important backstory stuff. Yes. So after they escape, they return back to Edgin's old home, looking for his daughter Kira and their old ally Forge, and found out that Forge had somehow become the Lord of Neverwinter, from thief to Lord of a city. Pretty big jump. Yep. They headed to the city with the goal of getting Kira and the Resurrection Tablet, the Tablet of Awakenings. Uh, they learned that Forge had been lying to Kira the whole time about what had happened, so Kira thinks that they had betrayed her for money. Uh, and so she runs off to go sulk, uh, and then Sofina and Forge trap Edgin and Holga in the floor, which was a nice, cool bit of magic there. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then send them off to be executed in a back alley. A very fun scene where Holga... <laughs> As they're about to be executed, starts asking trivia about the axe because she plans to steal it. (laughs) They break free. Forge tells Kira even more lies, saying that uh, he had given the Tablet of Riches to uh, Holga and Edgin, and they they left her again. Uh, And then that leads us to putting the team together, because Holga and Edgin have decided that they need to 
break into the palace, steal the tablet, and then rescue Kira. So that brings us to Simon. So what did you think of Simon? I'm seeing a trend in these D&D movies where they just have to have a useless mage. Is that is that a thing? Well, last time the mage was useless because of budget. This time they were useless because that was a character arc. They had a reason for him to be useless. And he got really good by the end. Yes, he did, because this one had a budget. But at the same time, it's just like... <laughs> uh... And also, I, I like that he was a wild mage, so sometimes he would cast a spell and some completely different spell would happen. Yes. Like reversing gravity. <laughs> that was a great scene. I, honestly, I just love how they handled magic in general in this movie. Was, there was so many inventive uses, and the battles just went... They flowed really well. And they did so many cool things with them. There was lots of like puzzle solving using magic and all that. There was a very nice combination of magic and comedy in the scenes. Like you could almost see the players of the game rolling nat yeah, ones you, nat yeah, 20s yeah you, you could see the bad rolls and the good rolls <laughs> yes you could see the bad rolls and the good rolls and i that is a huge th- reason i i like this movie is because you could it it feels like someone is telling you a story about a real game that they played yeah yeah so they they find simon he is continuing to he switched from outright theft to just grifting people by distracting them with magic tricks And then while they're booing his poor performance, he's using magic to actually pick their pockets. Yes. Uh, So he he got caught, and then the team all escape. Simon agrees to join them and tells them about a druid who can wild shape to help them find out the defenses in the castle. And that takes us to Doric, who's just a scene stealer. (laughs) She does so much (laughs) cool stuff. Uh, Even though she has, like, no character arc and barely gets any scenes of, like story stuff she gets to do lots of cool stuff yes uh but yeah we we find her wild shaped as a horse to sneak into an attempted execution of one of her uh allies uh and then she wild wild shapes into a an owl bear yes because break her out (laughs) because we jumped into the avatar universe for some reason for a second Actually, owl bears have been in part of D&D for a very long time. Okay, well, that's good. I don't know what edition they were invented for, but I know they've been around since at least second edition. Okay. So at least uh, you could tell I'm a new D&D fan because I don't know exactly when second edition came out. But it was well before I started playing. But yeah, it, it was very cool to see, uh, especially in a later scene that we'll get to. Yes. So they find out that they all kind of hate Forge and want to bring him down. Uh, and that's enough to convince Doric to join in. And so she wild shapes and sneaks into a meeting that Forge is having with some nobles from a place called Baldur's Gate. Not a huge deal to people who don't know D&D, but hey, the Baldur's Gate video games are really good. So the, the Red Wizard of Thay, Sophina, who betrayed the team during that failed heist that got them arrested... She is able to sense that Dork is wild-shaped in the room, and it leads to a really cool chase scene. Uh, We see her wild-shaping from animal to animal, escaping throughout the city, 
just barely the whole time. I know it's not really possible in the game because of the way the rules work. I don't care. It was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Druids in the game have a limit to how many times they can wild shape per day. And they did not stick to that in the movie. No, no, not even not even remotely close. Yeah. So they they find out that the uh, the vault that for just storing all the treasure in, uh, including the tablet of awakening. Yes, they find that. Yeah, it's it's guarded by the seal of Morden Canaan. That that right there almost ends the plan because they don't have a way to get through it unless they get a magic item that can make up for their their power level issues. So they find out about a helmet, or rather, uh, Simon knows about a helmet that will allow him to disable magic items, including the seal. And of course, that graveyard scene where they're finding out where this helmet is and how they can find it. Oh, it's just mwah, beautiful. Yes. I absolutely <laughs> love that scene. Yeah, I, I was kind of upset when they originally released the trailer and they put like the whole, what I thought was the whole scene in the trailer. Cause I was like, ah, I hate when movies do that where they spoil all the jokes. They put all the good ones in the trailer and then the movie happens and oh, it's, it's only like maybe half the scene and the rest of it, quite frankly, I think is even better. Yes. Uh, So trial and error, they eventually find the person in the graveyard after digging half of it up uh, that knows what happened to the helmet in a battle centuries ago. Uh, And they find out that it landed with a Thean paladin named Zenk. I love Zenk. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprised. (laughs) He's hilarious. Yes. It feels like he is from a different movie. And just the way that that makes him play off of the other characters, just <laughs> absolutely loved it. Yes. So they go to Zank after he his literal introduction is rescuing a kitten. <laughs> yeah. A tabaxi kitten, but a kitten all the same uh, to show how lawful good he is. Yes. Uh, and he informs them after they clumsily convince him to help out that he has hidden the helmet in the Underdark. So they go there, run into a couple of fun creatures. Uh, I love the intellect devourers ignoring them. (laughs) The dragon, of course, is... Yep. Another show stealer, (laughs) Thembershoud. A show stealer so much that they're making merchandise off of... How, How long was that dragon in the movie? How long was that scene? Because you only see the dragon once. Couldn't have been ten minutes. I Maybe five, I think. Yeah, the dragon was in maybe three minutes of the movie. Maybe. Yeah. Because in that whole scene, uh, he was only in half the scene. Yeah, because the other half was him fighting the zombie assassins. Zank versus yes. the zombie assassins. So this dragon is a very fat dragon. And... It barely flies. It gets around by sliding on its tummy and rolling. Yes, I, I love that they thought of that. They could have just yeah. had it still fly. But no, they, they use the physics of the situation. Yes, they <laughs> use the physics of the situation. And the fact that he is so fat, his his. Uh, was it fire or electricity? No, he had fire breath. He had the fire breath. OK, yeah. It, yeah, it was delayed because. 
of <laughs> how fat he was. It was almost like he had asthma or something like that. Yeah, actually, issues. I, when I first saw the movie, I didn't know this, but since then, I, I have seen people say that because I've never run a and d game that had a dragon encounter, so I didn't know this about dragons, but apparently when they use their breath weapons, they have to roll to see if they can use it again. Like, they oh. have to recharge it. Okay. So it's another one of those cases of you can see the rolls happening on the screen because the dragon is rolling to see if he can use his breath weapon again. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice touch. And it really raised the stakes because you never knew, okay, is he going to catch them on fire this time or not? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant because he was literally rolling around on the ground. <laughs> I no. was like, that. I don't think that was their intention uh, was to simulate dice there, there Jeff. But okay, now I, I, see, what you, I see what you're saying now. Uh, yes. <laughs> but yes, this dragon... Uh, has merchandise, and it was in the movie for maybe three minutes. Yes. Uh, the merchandise is worth it, by the way. Uh, I have a picture of the dragon merchandise from from the movie, so uh, we can you can check that out on our social media. I'll be posting a picture of that. Yeah, we actually got two of them, because we got the, the gigantic plush, uh, and then I also have the diceling of him. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, unfortunately, the Diceling is significantly skinnier because they had to fit it into a Transformer. But oh, yeah. <laughs> still, you, you could tell it's supposed to be him. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they escape the dragon using the Hither Thither staff, which it was pretty cool seeing if Valve isn't going to make a Portal movie, at least somebody put a little bit of it on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they, they escape the dragon using... I believe I, I don't fully understand what happened in that little water cave. Uh, maybe I just don't know enough about chemistry, but I believe what happened is by him breathing out his fire breath and it not igniting, it was essentially filling the cave with gas. And so they used fire on Simon's finger to ignite the gas after there was too much. I think that's what happened, but I don't know. That's what I got the interpretation of but then they were like hey this is salt water and i'm like yeah they, they meant they mentioned the salt oh, water as if it was relevant to the situation so all I, right i'm i'm assuming at this point that it's probably just I, a chemistry thing i don't know <laughs> so salt and well just so you know dragon breath is not on the table of elements so <laughs> I can't really confirm their suspicions, but I'm guessing the gas of it not igniting plus the salt from the water plus fire equals a boom somehow. So I don't I don't think we need to read too much into concept of chemistry with this one. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the team escapes with the helmet. Uh, and then we have the very fun take on attunement. Attunement is another thing I've never had in a game. I've never encountered it. I tend to play in low magic item games, and I've never run a game long enough to make it to magic items. So, But it was, it was a very filmic way of handling it. I liked that Simon had to essentially face his doubts. And also a fun cameo, because we got the wizard Elminster. Yes. So the helmet fails. He's unable to attune. 
And then they have the pep talk about if we fail and we give up, then we really have failed. So let's keep failing so that we eventually win. <laughs> yes, eventually we will roll a nat 20. And they do. And that leads them to coming up with another plan using that Hither Thither staff that we mentioned earlier, which they, uh, they actually released all the magic items for the movie as a free thing for, on the website for D&D. Uh, so I have the stats for the Hither Thither staff. I, it will probably end up showing up in a game one day. It's gotta. So they, they come up with the idea to use the Hither Thither staff with a painting to essentially create a movable portal that they can then sneak into treasure that's being brought into the castle vault. So we get a nice heist sequence where they throw that all together and more of that bad rolls happens with, with the plan does not go to plan. And so they have to revert back to trying to use the helmet on their way in. Simon projects an image of Edgin playing a song in front of a few guards and the guards go to investigate and then the illusion starts to fail. <laughs> so it caught me off guard the first time. Honestly, I, I found it f- even funnier the second time. Because uh, <laughs> you were expecting it. Uh, yeah, yes. I was just really confused. Yes. Just staring at the screen. Just the character's face just starts to melt. <laughs> oh. The distraction technically works. Uh, and so they get inside, they split up. Holga holds off the guards in a really cool fight scene in the forge. Then we get um, Simon finally attuning to the helmet, facing his doubts, and deactivating the uh, Morden Kanan seal. And Edgin finds who he believes to be his daughter and tries to apologize to her. But it's actually Sophina disguised as his daughter. So he gets captured. And then the guards catch up to the others and they all get captured. Yes. Uh, but not before realizing that the vault is actually empty because they're hiding the treasure underneath the arena to steal so that they can steal it by boat while everyone's enjoying the festivities. Yep. Uh, the High Sun Games. They all get captured. Edgin convinces Forge to throw them into the arena so they at least have a chance to survive instead of just being instantly killed. And then we get another fun sequence. Uh, the High Sun Games with the maze and a lot, quite a few creatures, actually. Uh, we had the Displacer Beasts, which were the panther things with the projectors on their backs. Yep. Uh, we had the Mimic, which, love a good Mimic. <laughs> yep. And uh, Gelatinous Cube. Yes, that came in handy. Yes, uh, that was another thing with, with the trailer. I saw them jumping into the Gelatinous Cube, and I was like... Wait, that would just kill them. <laughs> but they came up with a good plan. Yes, because apparently it takes time to kill them. Yes. <laughs> yes, the, the big threat that gelatinous cubes pro- provide in the games is they are the size of an average dungeon hallway. And in the dark, they're almost invisible. So by the time you see it, you're already inside of it and they're really hard to get out of. Yes, you have to have someone pulling you out. Yes, pretty much. So it was it was interesting to see them use it in a different way than the game does, in a way that still was consistent, uh, to escape by diving into it and 
having the platform go down into the ground and being under the platform now. Yes. And fun fact, I'm sure anyone who's already listened to a review or seen the movie at this point knows that uh, some of the background characters were actually from the 1980s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. So yeah, the, the team escapes underneath into the treasure room, the, the temporary hiding place for the treasure, uh, and makes it out into the boat where it's being loaded and confiscates it, essentially. Uh, then Forge tried to escape the town because he knew it was coming. Uh, he grabbed Kira and they were going to escape via boat because the wizard Sofina was going to be casting a spell that would turn everybody in the arena into zombies. A zombie army uh, for the Lich Saz Tim, I believe his name is. I don't know. It's a very weird name. Like, even for fantasy. <laughs> but yeah, so they... The, the situation leads to Forge threatening Kira, finally showing her that actually her dad was telling the truth the whole time. They manage to escape without anybody getting hurt. Uh, but then as they're escaping, they notice that the spell is being cast. So they come up with a plan again. Uh, they, they cast a spell, the Heather Visitor spell on a balloon and on the boat. So the treasure starts falling out into the balloon, into the streets which leads to the people evacuating the arena. Love it. Fun way to call back to the scene where Zank says that Edgen doesn't believe his promise to give the treasure to the people, but Zank believes it. <laughs> <laughs> so it leads to, in my opinion, the best battle in, in the movie. Uh, one other thing, the reason why the, uh, the wizard seems to be so bothered I wish they would have explained this in the movie, but they explain it in the stat blocks for the magic items. That horn that she uses to cast the spell can only be used once a year. So that's why she's so angry when they interrupt the spell, because now she's going to have to wait a whole nother year to pull off her plan. Got it. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I wonder if it's like in a scene that was cut from the movie. Um, I don't know. Or maybe they realized that that didn't necessarily make sense since so they wrote that into the stat block to make it make sense. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it leads to the, the, the most fun battle in the movie. Lots of spells being thrown around. I saw my favorite Misty Step, uh, Bigby's Hand. Uh, they brought a statue of a dragon to life. That was cool. Yep. Just lots of cool spells being thrown around. And then... The wizard just kind of has enough of this and just casts Time Stop again, which is the same spell she used to defeat them to trap them two years ago, which led to them getting caught and going to prison. Yes. Uh, but this time, Simon is a good enough spell caster that he's able to cancel it out. But they fake her out and make her think it worked. Yes. Uh, and Edgen's daughter had used an invisibility item to hide, and she slipped an anti-magic bracelet onto her, basically making her helpless. Uh, and then we had a nice uh, Hulk versus Loki battle yes. <laughs> situation <laughs> with the owlbear just throwing her all over the place. Yes, that, that gave me the puny god vibes. It was, it was brilliant. I loved it. Yes, very good comedic <laughs> timing on it. <laughs> uh, and our heroes are heroes. Uh, they saved the day. Yes. So any uh, general thoughts on the movie that we haven't already covered? Well, 
it was definitely a well yeah great mix of comedy and action scenes so the very ending uh was the uh bad guy what was his name again Forge, yeah Forge, yeah so he he was in this he's in the same jail as our heroes were in the very beginning and he tells his heartwarming story which <laughs> the council's like no we're done we're yeah, rejecting he, he rolls we're rejecting that one. you <laughs> he, he rolls in that one on charisma and uh so he also grabs the one council member with Jarnathan. the wings <laughs> Jonathan and tries to jump out what was the window before but is now a brick wall so again yes. he rolls in that one uh. uh yeah so perfect ending ultimate yes perfect ending <laughs> final impression very good movie i i really truly do hope it gets a sequel um i don't know if it will yeah so so from what i have seen online is that the the numbers they've released it's numbers in the states like got really close to making its money back on the actual production. But then that's not enough to make back money on like the advertising and all the costs like that distribution and everything. Yeah. But that's before counting overseas and it had a lot of toy, toy tie-ins. Yes. And it is essentially an advertise an advertisement itself for the game. So from the film world perspective, it did not succeed well enough, but it is possible that other factors will add up enough that it could still happen. Uh, but it's going to be a while before we know that. Yeah. Heck, Hasbro might not even know that yet. <laughs> Unfortunately. But yeah, I, it, it got pretty much universal praise from critics and audiences though. So I, I think if a sequel did happen and they didn't say release it one week before the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, that probably didn't help. That a sequel would probably do pretty well. But yeah, we'll see. I, I believe Paramount has been having trouble getting people to use their subscription. Maybe having it on Paramount as a streaming exclusive will help them. And that could boost the numbers. I don't know. I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I mean, if I had to pick one word for it, it would be inventive. Yes. It used a lot of the same building blocks as a typical fantasy movie, but it didn't feel like any other fantasy movie I'd ever seen. Yes. And that's what I love about it. Agreed. So if you don't follow us on YouTube or Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, although I'm having trouble finding our stuff on Apple Podcasts for some reason, uh, please find us on those places. Like, subscribe, listen. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram. Uh, please follow us on there. We also have a Patreon that you can donate to if you like our stuff enough to say, hey, uh, we want to give you more opportunity by giving you a little bit of money. Much appreciated. Yeah, we're we're looking into Linktree just because we think it would be very easy, nice to ha make that whole process easier and just give you one place to find everything. Yes. Uh, we haven't figured it out yet. 
we haven't really looked at it too deeply though. So it is possible that by the time this episode is up, we will have figured out Linktree. If yes. that's the case, we'll include that in there too. We'll throw it all in the show notes. Yes, we'll we'll just give you the Linktree address and you can get all our stuff from there, but we're working on it. But yeah, so as, as we mentioned, update schedule for now is going to be us doing our best. Yeah. We mentioned before Microscope, that is going to be the next game we do. I'm hoping to do that two weeks after this episode comes out. Uh, I'm not 100% sure when this episode is going to be posted because we're going to be recording more content this week. And I'm still deciding when is going to be, what is going to be launched when. But yeah, two weeks after this episode goes up, we will probably be doing Microscope with whoever is able to play. I don't, I don't know how many players... It says two to four players, so it might even just be me and one other person. Uh, we will see. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I am glad we only need two people, just because of the situation that has been happening lately. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your loyalty to our channel and, and listening to us blather on about things we find interesting, and hopefully you find interesting as well. Yeah, we appreciate it. All right, and with all that said, thank you for joining us. Careful on your way back down the mountain. <laughs>